Hi, I'm Bob Mould, and you are listening to WMNF, Tampa 88.5 FM. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning to you. Yes, you, my dear listener, my dear friend who always keeps your radio tuned to WMNF Tampa, the best darn radio station in the nation and the only station that Perry White lets his reporters at the Daily Planet stream. And you can stream us as well at WMNF.org. Well, great Caesar's ghost, there is nothing that I enjoy doing more than AMA Monday, the Ask Me Anything component of the Healthy Steps radio show. And sure as the world, to my great joy, today is Ask Me Anything Monday. So you, yes, you get to drive this show. You get to pick the direction in which we go. You know what you got to do. If you have any medical questions or concerns, just give us a call at 813-239-9663. Irene came in today to take your call, and I do believe that Irene gets a smile bigger than the state of Texas every time that she answers the phone. So, again, that number to call is 813-239-9663. You can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you, Dr. Harvey. You know I'll never say ixnay to AMA Monday, and I already feel like I've said too much, so let me step humbly out of the way. And what have you got for us today, Dr. Fred? Happy Monday, Bill, and all you healthy steppers. Oh, wow. Um, I You never say too much, Bill, but you say some of the most interesting things. You know, it's been, I don't know, maybe three or four decades since I've thought of Perry White saying Great Caesar's Ghost on the black and white version of Superman TV show. You're welcome for the flashback. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> um, it uh, it helps with my uh, um, uh, staving off dementia, remembering all kinds of things like that. Yeah, it's sort of like Wait. the uh, Wayback Machine. Yes, yes. Actually, I haven't been to the Wayback Machine in a while either. Um, I was looking for some interesting things that were posted on one of the government websites way back, but it's really difficult to actually find things in the Wayback Machine. Well, just so, Mr. Peabody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there really is a Wayback Machine um, a website that looks at old web archives. Fascinating stuff. And uh, yeah, that may help with dementia. Actually, I just read an article um, uh, earlier today. It's like it's really interesting to see how um, Western medicine lives in silos, and they really have difficult times connecting from one silo to another. But functional medicine's job is just that. We look at everything as a connected web of information because that's what we are. Um, you know, the, the brain takes signals from the immune system and from the uh, endocrine glandular system, and it takes signals from the vascular system, and the vascular system takes signals, fro- signals from the brain and from the immune system. And so we have an interconnected web of um, a trillion individual life forces all of our cells are individual living units, but they're working together as a family. 
kind of the way nations work together as families. And we have to actually maybe even consider going beyond that. Because I think I look at nations as our organs and um, the world as the body. And so the, the body humanity, one large organism, has lots of different pieces. And, and you know, no body works well if some of the pieces are in antisocial mode and not communicating with the rest of the body. That's what happens in cancer. When a group of cells decides they are an island unto themselves, kind of like Texas wants to do right now. Um, it doesn't work very well for the organism to have individual pieces doing their own thing. You know, we, we've noticed that oncologists get really pissed off when that happens and they try to murder everything that's leaving the system, <laughs> which tends to hurt the system too. Um, because again, they're in a silo and they're looking out at that one thing that's leaving rather than considering, oh, that's our brothers there. Should we really be killing them? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so an article I read, back to that, dementia. Um, statins slow dementia. Interestingly enough, there are some recent research articles that show that dementia can be slowed down by it, taking a statin. And certain ones are better than others. Probably the ones that get into the brain are better, but honestly, they're missing the point here. It's not cholesterol. It's not cholesterol metabolism. That's one piece of the big picture but we also know from Bruce Patterson's work that statins slow long COVID. What? Yeah, I said it. Statins slow long COVID because statins help with vascular inflammation. Guess what's common to both dementia and long COVID? Ah, it's vascular inflammation. New information on long COVID. And this is fascinating today. And it's why I'm talking across the board about these different disparate conditions, because they're not disparate. They're actually all connected. The vascular system connects the entire body. So out of Amsterdam University Medical Center, they did some new long COVID research, just some, some groundwork. 65 million people globally are thought to have long COVID right now, 65 million. Um, common symptoms, post-exertional fatigue, you feel worse after you exercise. You feel post-exertional malaise. You have cognitive impairment. You have sleep disturbance, brain fog. It sounds like somebody with chronic fatigue syndrome or uh, fibromyalgia, right? That's basically the same kind of thing. That's because they're all very similar because it's all going through vascular inflammation and tissue inflammation. What they found out in this new study at the Amsterdam University Medical Center is that there is tissue infiltration of amyloid-containing deposits in skeletal muscles. I'll say it again. The tissues have been infiltrated with amyloid in the skeletal muscles. This is going to make your muscles more fatigued. But here's the interesting thing. Amyloid, amyloid beta. Here's a cross connector. Amyloid beta is showing up as infiltrates in brain tissue, in dementia. Wow. Think about that connection there. Amyloid is connecting covid with dementia. And here's another one. Inflammation is universal. This is why we deteriorate. Migraines have recently been shown to be associated with an increased risk of inflammatory bowel disease. <laughs> Fascinating. Inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis and migraines. Who would have thought you got a, a headache was going to cause your belly to rot? Well, 
let's look back at that. Guess what migraines are? Vascular inflammation. And so vascular inflammation is connecting all of these different systems. And there may be an actually interesting, easy source, a cheap source, a useful source that we've used for millennia to help preserve food, sauerkraut, wine, yogurt. These fermented foods have been allowed to go bad in a controlled way so that we can eat them. And the fermentation process does some really cool things. It creates some byproducts that are actually kind of helpful. It has probiotic bacteria in there that help our microbiome. Recent research, um, uh, multiple uh, 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 articles were reviewed by a recent uh, group, and they found that fermentable foods or fermented foods offer an affordable dietary intervention. Obviously, I mean, sauerkraut's cheap, especially if you do it yourself. You know, sliced up cabbage, a little bit of salt, a little bit of water, put it in a jar, let it sit. <laughs> it turns into ca uh, sauerkraut. Um, so the fermented foods, microbes, actually create molecules with neuroactive potential. We know that our serotonin, uh, dopamine uh, are related to the metabolism of the microbes in our gut. So we need good microbes to be growing good um, uh, neurotransmitters. But the fermented foods also uh, help with communication pathways on the gut-brain axis. Uh, and as they increase the, the diversity in the microbial community in the gut, they reduce inflammation. And so as we modify our diets, we can modify our inflammation, thus modifying our risk for numerous issues like long COVID, dementia, <clears throat> migraines, irritable bowel syndrome, you name it, inflammation is the cause for our issues. So long-term intervention with fermented foods, are it's a really good idea. Eat some sauerkraut every day. Throw a little onto your salad. Just put a little on your plate and have it with your sandwich. Instead of a pickle, have a real fermented uh, dish. There are some great places you can get locally. Um, uh, uh, many uh, um, local fermenters are very active. Fermentlicious here in Sarasota. Um, Sharon, she's been on the show, a brilliant um, uh, fermenting practitioner and Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, there are really good sources for this stuff. So uh, what a way to start a Monday. Um, my, um, my flow of information is excessive sometimes, but I want to talk with you folks. So I just got to remind me that we're on the Healthy Steps show on WMNF Tampa. And we do appreciate the copious volume of information that you do share with us, Dr. Harvey. And I'm going to encourage people to participate in this show. Just give us a call here at the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey on WMF Tampa by dialing 813-239-9663 or continue to send your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813 813- Four three three zero eight eight five, and I do have Barbara on the line. Barbara in Tampa. Good morning to you, Barbara. Hello. Good morning. I'm glad you're talking about uh, some types of, you know, brain conditions. I wonder if you know anything about um, overcoming oppositional defiant disorder. Someone, an adult that has ADHD, also, and is uh, very, that you know, hard to reason with. 
it's a it's a very significant challenge. Um, the um, you know it could be hardwired. I don't think we actually really know uh, all the pathophysiology of that challenge. Uh, there's more than likely some trauma that occurred that that triggered a shift. But what we know is that when people have traumas, they they sometimes don't shift back, and um, when they have predisposition genetically or otherwise, <clears throat> they have trouble shifting back to a uh, normal functional state. So that said, um, the way a functional medicine doctor approaches this is with a workup from the ground up metabolically. Uh, we would want to get a good history to find out what areas of the web of connectivity are most affected. Are we just having problems in the communication area with neurotransmitters and hormones, or are we having a problem with inflammation that's actually causing a change in personality? And so it would, from my perspective, you know, require a good, solid um, uh, functional medicine intake. Um, mine take two hours, some take more or less, but we would also want some uh, metabolic testing um, I use a variety of different approaches. Uh, Genova Labs provides a really interesting metabolic panel called the Nutra Eval, and that looks at gut health, mitochondrial energy and detox health, um, brain health, uh, vitamin, mineral, and um, fatty acid needs, uh, antioxidants, structural components. Uh, it's really an amazing test. Uh, uh, a, a good test of all the nutrients um, in a different way with um, um, the Vibrant America's micronutrient test. It looks at about 200 different line items. Um, really uh, covers the basis there. If a person's having uh, gut problems, a stool test could be useful. The NutraVal often directs us towards doing one of those because it looks at gut markers that could show us inflammation. And then food sensitivities. Gluten destroys uh, uh, cognitive function if the person is sensitive. So there's a pretty broad-based workup that I think needs to be done for somebody who has a problem like this. Wow, that's intense. Yes, it is. But unfortunately, Western medicine in psychiatry doesn't do any biologic evaluation. It's completely uh, uh, symptom, uh, verbal, symptom, emotional basis, uh, diagnosis, and treatment plans with meds that they don't really know exactly what they do for the problems because they don't know what the problems are. There's no pathophysiologic rationale for treating this problem. The NIH has asked psychiatry to join us in the 21st century and do some testing. The AMEN clinics are a, a psychiatric clinic group that does uh, something called a SPECT scan. It's a brain flow scan to see what areas of the brain are hot and what ones are cold because that will show us what kind of cerebral dysfunction is going on. But they also use a combination of nutritional evaluation, like a functional medicine doctor, but also and supplementation, but also medications because they do an integrative plan. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it just seems like it, there are a lot of missed opportunities to... Yes you know, have have treated, have done some kind of treatment throughout all these years, you know, it's just nothing. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. We, we really um, um, uh, need to help psychiatry be educated into a more 21st century way of looking at these illnesses. All right, I don't, I don't know how you would do that, but... Well, I would first go to either a functional medicine doctor, 
or I would go and find an appointment with someone like the Amen Clinics because they have several locations throughout the uh, country. There's, I think, one or two here in Florida, and um, they're getting more of them because they're doing a functional medicine approach to psychiatry. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dr. Fred, thank you very much. That's, that's very good of you to give me all that info. You're very welcome. Glad to help. Bye. Now, we've gone dark on this end, and I know that you've gotten several emails, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to be down on my begging knees asking people mm-hmm. to give us a call in at 813-239-9663. Let's make Irene do some heavy lifting today. And you can continue sending those emails to dj at wmnf.org. What have you got for us, doctor? So here's the first one. Um, Dr. Harvey, thanks for your show. Uh, What do you know about COVID-19 causing reactive arthritis in unvaccinated or vaccinated? And how can you treat reactive arthritis caused by COVID? Yes, it does do that. Um, COVID-19 is actually an inflammatory uh, um, illness. Um, COVID-19 is not an infection. People think it is, but COVID-19 is an autoimmune phenomenon triggered by an infection with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, um, a beta coronavirus. The coronavirus triggers your immune system to go off on a tangent, and the tangent is called COVID-19. It is the inflammatory response to the infection that kills people. And so what we need to do is dampen the reaction. Reactive arthritis is a form of uh, joint inflammation that is um, described in, in, as, an, an, as an impact, basically, on the joint. Um, osteoarthritis, degenerative arthritis, is simply the joint gets kind of beat up from long-term wear and tear, improper posture and overuse. But reactive arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis, like psoriatic arthritis, these are autoimmune phenomenon. And so they can be treated with natural substances like curcumin and boswellia and uh, uh, salicylic acid from willow bark, um, enzymes like protease enzymes, proteozyme, uh, large doses can help to clean up some of the junk that is causing the reaction. But um, if... um, uh, uh, balancing your microbiome and getting a good diet and making sure you get enough water and all the basic foundational things are met and you're still having problems, then medications like hydroxychloroquine are very effective. Hydroxychloroquine is used to treat uh, uh, reactive arthritis in psoriasis, in rheumatoid, in lupus, and also it is actually a highly effective tool to treat acute COVID-19. The uh, study from 2020 from Iran showed that outpatient use of the um, uh, hydroxychloroquine reduced mortality by 70% when given in the first couple of days. Um, the problem with the other studies that said it didn't work is they were giving it after the virus was already inside the body um, in people in the ICU at high doses. So those studies showed that it didn't work and we wouldn't have expected it to work there because of its mechanism of action. Hydroxychloroquine is a great arthritis medication. I believe we have some people on the line. Yes, we do have some lucky callers here. I've got Annie and Janice, but I'm going to give on out the number again. You can all be winners if you dial 813-239-9663 and call on in to the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. 
And you can continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And the number to call is 813-239-9663. Good morning there, Annie. Hello, Annie. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Um, my mother was recently diagnosed with uh, minor um, macular degeneration. I just wondered what would be good for that because apparently there's no real treatment, uh, she was told. Um, so she must have the dry macular degeneration. It's dry, yeah. Okay, so there's two types of macular degeneration. And macular degeneration is an inflammatory condition of the retina of the eye that causes blindness over time. Wet is a active um, uh, form of inflammatory uh, uh, changes in the back of the eye, which causes rapidly progressive uh, deterioration in the retina and the vision, and that does have a treatment. The dry is simply uh, essentially uh, a chronic vascular inflammation, and the treatment for that is to clean up the diet, get rid of um, uh, wheat products, get rid of pasteurized dairy products, get rid of added sugar. Um, baked goods go out the door unless they're gluten-free, and even then we don't want many of them because we don't want a lot of extra carbohydrates going in. We want good fats, a great thing to do for um, uh, uh, any vascular inflammation is to get some fish oil on board. Um, get uh, a good 3,000 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. Vitamin C is very important for keeping the vascular system healthy, and so are some uh, uh, antioxidants that come from some good foods, like eating buckwheat. Buckwheat groats, or kasha, uh, as the uh, uh, Yiddish would call it, is a really good source of rutin, which is very good for the blood vessels. Um, but uh, also getting a good complement of B vitamins, vitamin A, um, and a good mineral. So a good multivitamin would be a really good choice to get into there as well. Um, these things can actually really help to calm down that situation. A good eye supplement like eyesight that has bilberry and uh, alpha lipoic acid and taurine, that's a really good eye support as well. Getting a good complement of B vitamins, vitamin A. Annie, I'm going to have to ask you to turn down your radio, please. Uh, I, I'm going to have to hang up. I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay, sorry. take care. Have a good day. Yeah. All righty, there I've got Janice in Tampa on the line. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Hi there. Hi. Uh, well, you really got my attention about COVID and memory issues. Um, yes. Yeah, I was very, we were very protective of not getting COVID and then went on a cruise ship and got COVID <laughs> about nine months ago. And only mm. for a couple of days, about three days. But, uh, but since then, my memory is really not good. Um, it, it's not on current events, but it's mostly on people that I hadn't seen in a few years, and I have to think about their name, and it takes a minute. It takes a minute, you know, to come up with a name, and it's very disturbing to me to have this, but it, it's a definitive memory, uh, slowed memory issue, and I thought it might be due to COVID, but uh, you're the first one that's really talked about this, uh, that I need to know what to do about this. I have a business, and 
you know, it's disturbing. Yes, that that is disturbing. Uh, Losing cognitive function is frightening because we don't have very good services in this world to help people with cognitive issues and and emotional issues. As I was talking earlier, psychiatry hasn't caught up with the rest of our world. And so um, the... COVID spike protein causes ongoing inflammation, whether it's from the um, infection, from the the virus itself, or from the shots. Um, Whenever you are putting COVID spike protein in the system, you get vascular inflammation. And so it is worthwhile to get um, uh, an evaluation about your um, uh, problem with um, um, cognition in a broader sense, because it could be um, that COVID revealed something that's already there because usually there's not one cause for any of our degenerative illnesses. And to have your cognitive dysfunction suddenly show up after getting COVID means there was something there predisposing you. So it's worth it to get a broad-based functional medicine evaluation so that you can figure out what actually is going on down deep. I, I have done that, and um, I was told to take L lysine and L proline on a daily basis. Okay. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, lysine and proline are nice amino acids that help with your vascular system, but it does they're not really directed at cognitive health. Did you actually see a functional medicine doctor? Yes, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's an inflammatory thing. Um, so that is, I've done a lot of research on it, you know, before I started taking it, lysine and proline. But anyway, yeah, uh, there's there's some things on Google that, that reflect that that uh, that that helps with inflammation. And yeah, they do a little bit, but there's so many better things to do than those two. Those would be like the the fluff on uh, the icing on the cake. You need to build okay. the cake first. There's about ten other things I would suggest that you need to look at before adding lysine and proline. Okay, good. I'd love to write down what 10, 10 ideas you have. I got a pen. And well, a actually, I, I was talking about arthritis, and you can start right there with the arthritis stuff. Um, the curcumin, boswellia, siloxin, protease enzymes, fish oil, very critical. That's an anti-inflammatory. Are you on fish oil? I can't because I'm taking Eliquis. You can because you're taking Eliquis. Yes, you can. Um, there's no interaction between Eliquis and fish oil. Oh, okay. Doctor says, no, 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 you can't do something. Doctor's confused. Okay. I thought she was. Yeah, very. Um, She's not a functional medicine doctor, right? I have, yeah, I have MD. I have, yeah, a functional MD, and I also have... But the functional MD, did you tell them about the eloquence in the fish oil? uh, Not yet, no, but I'm seeing him in a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, good, yeah. I was actually going to call the Eloquist company just to confirm that that's the case or not, and I haven't done that yet. But, but, uh, yeah, they're not going to help you much. Um, but the uh, if you go to drugs.com and do a, a drug-nutrient interaction check, um, it might mention that there's a worry, but there's no evidence. Oh, well, that would be wonderful, because I do think that that's been an issue, not having the fish oil. Absolutely. Every day, constantly. And, uh, oh, yeah, you're going to need to get back on that. Um, okay. um, because the, um, the risk of, of it being inflamed is higher than the risk of a reaction here. Any other of the one of 10? What's that? 
You said there were 10 things that could be help that could be helpful with this. Oh, you got to fix your microbiome. You got to get um, uh, the right my, uh, probiotics. Um, you need to, if you're having this kind of stuff, I get off gluten, I get off sugar, I get off pasteurized dairy. Um, yeah, many different things. Okay. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate your help on that. Yes, and I have had numerous people on um, um, numerous different blood thinners, and omega-3 fatty acids are not blood thinners. Okay. All right. Okay. And um, it says right here, drug and food interactions. No alcohol, food, drug interactions were found with the drugs on your list. So it doesn't seem like there's an issue there. So eat salmon regularly if you don't want to take official pill. Okay. Great. But, um, you know, pay attention to bleeding. It, you know, if, if you if you bruise a lot, you may bruise more. But vitamin C also helps bruising. So there's many layers of things that can get you better. Mm-hmm. But talk with your functional medicine doctor about the interaction of uh, fish oil and um, um, Eliquis before you start it. Because I think he'll be able to tell you uh, directly what, what he wants you to do. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you there, Janice. And I know that our writers have been generous with their emails, so I'll give you a second to look at those while I'm equally generous with giving on out the phone number. If you want to participate in today's Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey here at WMNF Tampa, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send more emails to dj at wmnf.org. Or text us at 813-433-0885. Back to you, Doc. What have you got on your mind there? Wonderful. Thank you. Um, Here's another one following up. uh, uh, Somebody who wants some recommendations on um, arthritis in the hands. I think I've given a lot of those. Uh, this person, uh, Cynthia, recommend, or, uh, remind, uh, reminds us that she has Raynaud's syndrome. That's a um, a uh, autoimmune phenomenon where the hands get very uh, 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 circulation starved. They turn white and then blue. Um, it can make it really difficult. Um, she's talking about possibly eliminating nightshade vegetables. That would be a a a a, a good thing to start with um, to to see if it helps. But um, you know, foundational things are fish oil, curcumin, boswellia, probiotics, the works. I've just been talking about it. These things will all help to um, uh, stabilize. Uh, But actually, since you have Raynaud's phenomenon and you um, have uh, trouble in the winter, you might want to try some capsaicin ointment or cream and then put the glove on because that'll help dilate the blood vessels in your hands. Um, And it is a pain reliever. Peter asks, when I make a salad, I either go for romaine because it contains vitamin C or spinach, uh, but I forget what's what's good about spinach. Butter leaf lettuce he's enjoying now. Um, and uh, then there's the old uh, iceberg head. Well, um, iceberg, I wouldn't bother with. Um, it doesn't really have a, a very much nutrient. If you like it, go for it, but um, I'd rather do... A variety of other things. Um, romaine is great. So is um, butterhead. Um, spinach is, is fine if you don't have a problem with oxalates. Um, but uh, uh, baby kale, arugula, um, um, longevity spinach, uh, Malabar spinach is a different vine that's not actually in the nightshade group. Um, uh, what else? Um, 
Oh, I like uh, to throw uh, cranberry hibiscus. I grow it in the backyard. Um, it's a weed practically, and um, it gives a nice, tart, bright uh, flavor to the salad. Um, yeah, there are so many different leaves you can throw in. Uh, a little bit of uh, a chard can make it a little bit different. Um, any leaf you want is fine to throw in. Uh, microgreens are really tasty currently as well. Um, so have at it. I think we have some callers. Indeed we do. We've had Kay and James waiting patiently. Let's go to Kay in Tampa. Good morning, Kay. Hi, Dr. Harvey. Hi there. Hi. I was just wondering if you could um, give me some recommendations. I'm trying to get the best water filtration system, best water that you might recommend, whether it's reverse osmosis or um, non-alkaline or... Do you have a recommendation? So the, the cleanest water is reverse osmosis. I don't recommend that except when you need to actually really clean the water. So people who live in the Mideast and need desalination plants for water, I say, yeah, do your RO. But here in Florida where we have a lot of fresh water, using RO means that we waste a gallon of fresh water for every gallon that we drink because the way RO works is it wastes water. And so unless you have it set up so that that wastewater goes to your garden, I, I don't like it. I think it's not really um, um, useful. Like when it cleans out each day, I've seen people's driveways where the water's just rushing down. Oh, that's a, um, that's a, a, a backwash on a pool um, um, diatomaceous earth filter. Okay. Okay. But um, the uh, um, RO systems um, have a membrane in that gets replaced, I don't know, every 10 years or something. In the meantime, though, um, I prefer to use carbon block filters and resin filters. Okay. The, the one that I'm currently using has evidence um, to get particles down to the size of viruses, but I don't think any filter currently except for RO keeps viruses out. And I'm not terribly concerned with that. Um, but it will keep the cryptosporidium out at a 0.5 micron filter level. And to get to that small filter level, you need pre-filtering because the 0.5 micron is so tight that it will actually clog up in a, about a week if you don't have a pre-filter. So you use a 5 micron pre-filter carbon block. And then uh, mine is followed by a resin and fiber filter. The resin is actually a uh, a binder that can take out uh, fluorine and uh, even some PFAS. There is no filter, probably RO, but no regular other filter is going to get out all the PFAS, but it will reduce it. And so okay. um, the one I use is ATLA water, ATLA, used to be called uh, Aqualive, but it's ATLA now, and they have okay. a very good filter. It starts with a 5 micron, has the resin followed by a 0.5 micron, and you change the <clears throat> the carbon filters about every six months. Well, actually, you change the whole package. T-L-A? L-A, yes, correct. That was in love, okay. Okay, all right, good. Good to know. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Your information. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okie dokie, and let's go to James. Good morning, James. Yes, I'm here. Hi there. Hey, Dr. Harvey, I love you. Um, I am so appreciative of how wide-ranging your, your, your knowledge is, including popular mechanics last week's episode. 
Who knew? I, I read constantly. I love to read. It's my life. <laughs> I, I seek fact. I am 72 years old, and I have been diagnosed with asthma and allergies for over 40 years. I've taken allergy shots and immunization shots and whatever, whatever, whatever. I just had a tooth pulled and, and went on amoxicillin. Um, I do have cavities. I do have issues with crowns and bridges and all that fun stuff. But I'm wondering, my sneezing and coughing stopped after I started amoxicillin. So I'm wondering if you could speak on um, illnesses related to dental and how amoxicillin can be another treatment for allergies and asthma, whichever way you want to go. Yeah, that's a, it's a really interesting story, um, and and it does correlate. We know that uh, um, diseased mouths create inflammation in the rest of the body, and <clears throat> the bacteria that colonize your mouth um, can trigger some immune changes. And we often get a lot of strep, different species of strep colonizing the mouth, and then there's a bunch of other ones that we're not entirely familiar with, um, but. A, a penicillin, oxacillin is a really, really broad spectrum antibiotic. It's a, it's actually a fungal um, antibiotic. It actually um, penicillium um, mold creates it to kill the bacteria that would otherwise eat the mold's food, and so it's very unfriendly to most bacteria. And so when you take that for a dental infection, it really crosses all the lines and it really cleans up a bunch of stuff that's in your mouth. It will kill the good flora too, but it kills a lot of bad ones. And so as you depopulate, you end up having less immune triggering. So the tooth pull was because it was bad. It could have been, I don't, I'm not sure what tooth, which meridian, but the, all the, the Chinese energy meridians, the acupuncture meridians run through your teeth. And so it could be that you had a lung meridian that was being irritated by that tooth and pulling it actually was the uh, 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 actual treatment, but taking the antibiotics pushed it along further. Um, you need some good probiotics to follow up, and I would suggest that you consider getting um, some dental probiotics, some chewable ones, <clears throat> so that you can keep your mouth filled with some good stuff to help prevent further deterioration and, and sort of treat those cavities. Very good, doctor. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Good luck with that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty there. What have you got for us in emails? Well, uh, here's one. Uh, good morning. I would love to have Dr. Harvey's thoughts on granuloma annulari. A friend's acupuncturist says it's a fungus. The allopathic doctor says it's not. And I believe that the allopathic doctor is correct. However... Um, we don't really know what causes granuloma annulari. It's an inflammatory condition that makes a red raised ring, annulari, an annular ring. Granuloma, granuloma is a little, little like um, nodules, little hard lesions. And so it's a, it's a ring-like raised hard red lesion. And we think that it is caused or triggered by an infection, but nobody's ever actually cultured an infectious agent out of the granuloma wound. Nobody has actually traced specific pathophysiology. 
it's an inflammatory condition. And in, in my world, I treat it like any inflammatory condition and have people clean up their lives. Um, often the granuloma gets a bit better when we get rid of, um, you know, triggers like gluten and pasteurized dairy and such. Let's see. Anonymous says, uh, recently I was diagnosed with herpes simplex virus. Um, they're saying herpes simplex type 1 and 2. Usually, we don't get both of them at the same time. Um, this person takes a daily dose of Valtrex, which is um, um, a antiviral medication. Um, Val acyclovir is its name, and it interferes with viral replication. Um, and so the, they would like to have an outbreak free, healthy life. So keep the immune system strong, um, use, uh, uh, foods that help use, uh, other techniques like sleep, get, get your eight hours or whatever hours you need to feel completely rested, drink half your body weight in ounces of water daily, um, avoid added sugar, eat a plant based diet. And um, really uh, take, make sure that you're getting your, your, your good supportive foods in, like fish with oils in, like salmon or fish oil, um, mushrooms. Um, the hen of the woods, mayatake mushroom, is a delightful um, treat when air fried with a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of garlic. Um, and the mayatake mushroom stimulates your natural killer cells, the cells that actually kill the virus-infected cells, so it keeps it at bay. Vitamin D is another key for keeping herpes simplex under control. Um, doing around 5,000 units a day is probably a good baseline. If you have an outbreak, 50,000 units once and then go back to your 5,000 a day baseline would probably be a good place to be with any kind of herpes infection. Um, unless you have a problem with kidneys or bones or things like that, you may want to talk to your doctor about using the that much vitamin D. Um, but uh, um, L-lysine, amino acid, may interfere with the replication of this um, virus. I think we have some callers. Yes, indeed we do. I've got Ed from Tampa and Cindy from St. Pete. We cover both ends of the bay. Good morning there, Ed. Hey, good. How are you doing, sir? Great. How are you today? Good. I got two questions. Um, what's a good vitamin uh, supplement vitamin for a guy over 60? And um, every time I get uh, uh, like a light cold, slight cold, and my nose run a lot, I get a fever blister. Can you tell me what might be causing that? Very good. Um, let's start with the first one. Um, a good multivitamin has activated B vitamins, so that would have methyl folic acid and methyl cobalamin or methyl B12, and it would have good chelated minerals like magnesium glycinate. Um, the one that I take is called active nutrients, um, and uh, it's a four-a-day multivitamin, but I think in addition to the multivitamin, it'd be great to take some fish oil and a probiotic and vitamin D as a separate vitamin. These are really good baselines. And for someone who does get recurrent fever blisters, those are actually herpes 
virus lesions. That's herpes simplex, like the last uh, email I answered. And herpes simplex is um, uh, possibly interfered with by L-lysine and taking vitamin D on a daily basis. Those would help keep you away from getting um, more uh, recurrent um, uh, cold sores, but also uh, taking, uh, if you're getting them more than uh, four times a year, I'd suggest maybe you want to take some antiviral medication, but I would start with this um, uh, natural stuff to see if you can keep it under control. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, Ed. Have a good one. All righty. Now we're down to about the last 10 minutes of the show. So I'm going to give people the phone number and the email again. Give us a call to the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa by dialing 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And I'm going to go to Cindy in St. Pete. Good morning, Cindy. Hi, good morning. Hi there. Can you hear me? Hi. I can. Um, lovely to get a chance to talk to you. I tried a few times and didn't end up getting on in time. Um, yeah, so actually my thing correlates with what you were already discussing a little bit today, just things that you noticed after you'd had COVID. Um, and um, what I had, the issue I had, and I'm just wondering what natural supplements would be helpful for this, is um, that... My my eyes got worse um, after COVID. My my vision. Uh, I naturally already wear have to wear reading glasses, but I used to be able to still kind of make things out without my glasses. When you know, like if you're signing a check or looking at stuff on your phone, and then literally right after I had COVID, I mean, it was even it even happened during. Like it was just so much more foggy, and I I cannot see that kind of distance without making sure my glasses are on. Um, and uh, so I had mentioned that when I went for my eye check, and um, she said that she had heard a few people saying that. Um, fast forward a little bit more, and I am now on um, a very low dose of metformin, just five hundred milligrams a day. Um, once a day, and that's just because um, some insulin resistance, um, and uh, you know, I've, I've just stayed on it. My doctor's like, it's, it's a, you know, it's a good medication. Are um, you taking alpha lipoic acid? No. Alpha lipoic acid is my frontline um, metformin because it increases insulin resistance, but at the same time, it decreases vascular inflammation, uh, helps with liver detoxification, and supports brain um, uh, antioxidant. Um, it's a really highly effective antioxidant that works like metformin, but without the um, uh, adverse consequences of metformin. Right, because I found that my eyesight, again, that's one thing I noticed right away, very very soon after taking metformin, that it it, it decreased my my vision again um i had even more problems with it um and i was taking b12 i heard you could be deficient in b12 from it but that hasn't made any difference so you said it was alpha what were you recommending lipoic acid alpha lipoic acid but also i would i would suggest that you might want to get a long covid workup considering your eyes got that much worse um 
it may be worth it to look at medications. I mean, if you do have a cytokine storm still ongoing, you may want to actually look at treating that part of it too. Okay. All right. Um, and would I need, would I use a regular doctor for that or because? No, I think you need a functional medicine doctor because no regular doctors have any clue about long COVID. That was the literally the only issue, and it was a very mild COVID. I mean, it wasn't a huge deal, mm-hmm. but that was something that I noticed that it just never changed back. Are there? Yeah, I think other- actually, functionally, working on your insulin resistance is a much better choice than anything else. So. Uh, do your due diligence on natural approaches to insulin resistance, like getting rid of the carbohydrates, adding alpha lipoic acid, and exercising 30 minutes every day. Okay, thank you. And You're welcome. Any other eye supplements that you like? That are- I like one called Eyesight, I-S-I-G-H-T. It's um, from Zymogen in Orlando, and um, it's really a broad-based blend of great eye support for both the front of the eye and the back of the eye. Okay, great. Because, yeah, I'm in my 50s. So, I, capital I, and then SIGHT, S-I-G-H-T. Correct. And I should be able to get that online, eh? Yeah, you could find it at the Healthy Steps, uh, or the, actually, the, uh, um, um, it is, the Healthy Steps store, um, dot com. Lovely. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. And with a functional medicine doctor, I would need to speak to them about long, long COVID, um, sort of. If you're not getting better with what I just suggested, if you really hit the insulin resistance hard and do a really good job of it, you'll probably get better because actually doing foundational insulin resistance work is part of treating long COVID. Intermittent fasting has been shown to really help long COVID people recover. So add intermittent fasting. It's healthy for anybody to limit their um, uh, uh, dietary intake to between like 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., that will actually uh, induce um, a different metabolic state for you, and you probably won't even need metformin if you're only slightly insulin resistant. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I was just like 5.7. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I will definitely look into this. How long should I give them to see if it's working? Before I make the decision, if I still need to see someone, um, let's say three months, six months. Oh, I would say um, whenever you're feeling uh, like you need to, three months, six months, yes. Um, if you're not getting better by then, I would talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. I've been losing weight and, and I'm doing well with the insulin resistance. So I will, uh, so don't stay on metformin like, like my doctor said. Oh, no, I'm not giving you any instructions like that. Um, that's for you and your doctor. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, if I get down, because he was saying that, you know, it's... It, well, it I think that's his his plan, too. Deal to stay on, okay. Yeah, that's, so. that's his plan, too. If you're just mild, he'd probably get you off of it, too. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. Looking forward to your show next week. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. All righty, we're down to about the last two minutes, so I'm going to leave a caller on the line, let you go on off to the emails there, Doctor. Oh, great. Okay. I have one here from Chris. Chris often calls in. He sent me a whole stack of of articles uh, talking about um, the um, possibility of uh, the COVID and related dementia issues. There's all kinds of illnesses that many practitioners are noticing that are on the rise 
as yet, um, most of the information coming in is uh, um, um, opinion related, um, but based in scientific analysis of what's going on, there's suggestions that there are things going on, but I haven't yet seen a solid study that connects it directly. There's a lot of conjecture about this, and it's really interesting and very important, and, and uh, dementia is really um, a problem because it's so poorly understood by Western medicine and there are no medications that actually treat it uh, despite what might be said from neurology. And that last thing that I mentioned, the statins, they give you a one point increase in your mental status exam, which means no one but a, a doctor can see the improvement. The family can't see it, the patient can't see it because uh, the the one point difference in a 30 point test means that they may have remembered that it was Tuesday when last time they didn't remember it was Tuesday. And so no nobody's really noticing a big shift with taking statins. There are no direct treatments, unfortunately. And um, oh, here's, a, here's a really good last one. Are vitamins manufactured in China? Of course they are. Um, and what good brand is manufactured in the United States? There's lots of them. The one that I actually was instrumental in developing the company and the uh, products therein and have several of them that are, are my products is Zymogen, X-Y-M-O-G-E-N, one of the highest quality in the nation. They actually do something drug companies should do, and that is put a label on the bottle, a serial number. You can track that serial number back to the uh, raw material source that they 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 source to make the pill, and so no other no pharmaceutical companies even doing that. But I got to say goodbye, and we'll talk more about this next week. Please uh, email if you want some topics. And uh, thank you so much, Irene, for keeping the phone boards going. And thank you, Bill, for your always wonderful production support. Uh, and all you healthy steppers, keep your walking every day. And it's our pleasure, Doc. Another fantastic show. And until. Next Monday at 10 o'clock, I want to thank all of our listeners for calling on in and thank Irene, of course, for handling the phones and say, stay healthy. And thanks for supporting your community conscious radio station, WMNF Tampa. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR news and then strap in and get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the absolutely phenomenal team of Annie Ellis and Tanya Bidovic. I want to take this moment to welcome Tanya back to the Sustainable Living Show. She has been sorely missed here at WMNF and her return is as welcomed as lilacs in springtime. So that said, until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for listening and supporting the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.